a dog will react no matter what. Like you can, you can, you can shake a rubber stake in front of the dog and the dog will still get excited because you're giving them a little bit of attention. Hmm. But a cat, it's not about attention. It's about interest. And it's only if the cat's really interested in you, will it actually take any action? I know you're, you're a cat person, correct? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I am. Uh, probably. Okay. Yes. And what, what's interesting is, you know, if Pavlov had done these experiments with cats, right? All marketing probably would have been differently because wow. yeah, I, I throw the advertising bell on and people buy it. That might've worked 60 years ago. Welcome to the smartest podcast, a show that is dedicated to helping you achieve success. I'm your host, John Colderize Lawson, entrepreneur and best-selling author. In this episode, you will hear from one of the most successful people in the world. So get ready to improve yourself by learning from those who have already found success. Yo guys, what is up? This is your boy, John. You know, I've always, always got some of the smartest people on this podcast. That's why we call it the smartest podcast. Not only because I'm probably the smartest podcast host you ever said, no, but no, for real, I've got on the other line, man, Brian Eisenberg and Brian, why don't you tell people who you are and why we should listen to you? Well, let's start real simply for the last almost three decades. I have spent my lifetime focused in on helping companies understand why their customers buy and have helped them increase their revenues by over $10 billion. Everything from companies like Google, HP Enterprise, Overstock, JP Morgan Chase, all the way down to shops that are on the main street. That's crazy, man. I mean, yeah, you know, and you, 30 years? Almost 30 years of being an entrepreneur and, and focused in on, on sales and marketing. and But, you know, it, it's probably longer when I re really think about it, right? Uh -huh. I, I've been spending a lot of time the last few weeks really thinking about, like, you know, my origin story, just like every, you know, every superhero has an origin story. Right. And for me, it came when my brother had attended a conference and he was an investment banking and finance guy. So he was always a numbers guy. But he realized he really wanted to have a, like a relationship with me because he had no kind words to say to me. Um, he moved out by the time I was like 13. We had no relationship. And so, you know, here he is. But I'm about 25. He was focused. He wanted to have a relationship. And I was in graduate school for social work. Right. And for me, I was trying to understand, you know, why people with, you know, schizophrenia and, and you know, or, or paranoid schizophrenia or manic depression, what drove them? What made them decide to do things they did and how I can help them? And so, you know, my job on a daily basis was to, you know, help people take their medicine and shower and do their daily life skills who didn't quite have the same perception of life that we did. Right. And when you realize that that's been my, my, my whole passion about understanding why people do the things they do. Right. And yes, you know, Everybody always focuses on sales part. And I like to kind of like kind of like that map behind me, right? It's an upside down map. I like to flip that perspective, kind of like Jeff Bezos says it as well in his book, Everything Store. 
So I'm not in the business of, 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 of selling books. I'm in the business of helping people buy books. And so I'm in the business of helping my customers get their customers to buy from them. Simple. Yeah, yeah you know, I just, I just it came to me that one day we're sitting in, in, in somewhere and having a conversation. And uh, I was talking about how you got into this and your long career and the books you guys have written, you know, and then you kind of said something that kind of blew my mind that you almost... I don't know if you actually said you coined the term, but you were definitely at the beginning of conversion rate optimization. No, I, I coined the term. I oh literally coined the term bounce rate. Uh, didn't exist before uh, Jim Novo and myself. Oh, yeah. No, very, very, very early on doing this stuff. Dang. I wish I'd have known you because I'd have trademarked that stuff and you get a nickel every time somebody uses it. <laughs> we, we ended up trademarking the wrong terms. We 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 trade we trademarked uh, persuasion architecture and a couple of others, but yeah, we didn't we didn't do those. Look, you know, when we when we got in this industry, it's kind of the same as as today. You know, our number one focus wasn't on making money. Our number one right, focus right. was really on making an impact, right? And you know, we set out to pioneer an industry of 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 helping people sell online because I mean, you remember the internet back then? It was it was sock puppets. It was. You write a business plan as long as long as it was, you know, halfway as thick of, of my last book, it got funded. Like it didn't matter, right? It just no matter how crazy the idea was. But for us, it was always about well, how are you solving the customer's needs? Because the internet was going to change the way people buy fundamentally. It's just pure fact, and we knew it, and we still know it. And it's amazing. You look at at companies today, and you you watch the way they act, and you realize. They still don't get it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's always, what is it that they don't get? What is it that they don't get? Fundamentally, you know, it's crazy that in 2006, we published Waiting for Your Cat to Bark. Okay. Mm. And the premise of that book, by the way, we had the title before we had the story for the book, but that's a whole different story. The premise was real simple. All marketing and advertising have followed the rules basically since the 1920s of Pavlov's experiments, right? He rang the bell, you get the dog to salivate, and all of a sudden he's gonna, he's gonna jump on things, okay? And all marketers from, you know, Ross or Reeves on, on through have started with that premise. Mm. And we asked, wait a minute, what if our customers actually not really like a dog? Because a dog is not, a dog will react no matter what. Like you can, you can, you can shake a rubber stake in front of the dog, and the dog will still get excited because you're giving him a little bit of attention. Hmm. But a cat, it's not about attention; it's about interest. And it's only if the cat's really interested in you will it actually take any action. I know you're you're a cat person, correct? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I am. Uh, probably. Okay. Yes. And what what's interesting is that, you know if Pavlov had done these experiments with cats. Right, all marketing probably would have been differently because, wow. yeah, I, I throw the advertising bell on and people buy. That might have worked sixty years ago when there weren't mm. that many products, there wasn't that many things competing for our attention. And today, we're still struggling with marketers thinking it's all about the logo, the you know the colors they use. They they don't realize that it's really about understanding what matters to the cat, because if not they're not going to get any attention. They're not going to get any interest and they're certainly not going to get any action. Mm. 
And that's kind of one of the things you have helped and you always talk about is really just it's so much deeper. And I and I guess, like you said, as the as the Internet keeps growing and growing and the the, the attention span of people is. I, I don't even know. We just said you had to hook them in three seconds. And I heard that term this weekend, three seconds, three seconds. I'm like. I don't even know if you get a three second. That's that might be still gratuitous. Well, what's happened is, you know, in every marketing medium, even in uh, like early radio, they measured it. It was eight seconds that you had to capture people's attention or they leave. Okay. okay. The the difference is today, you know, because we can scroll on the phone so quickly. Yeah, it's it's a microsecond. If like you don't get them right away, they can just go on to the next because their options for entertainment, for information, for for products is so vast compared to what started, you know, 60 years ago, right? Think about it as marketers, you know, even, even 25 years ago, all we had to worry about was one or two channels. Now this 6,000 different sites that we have to worry on and how, you know, how we're going to look on Instagram and Instagram reels and how we're going to look on TikTok, how we're going to look on Twitter. It's, it's just insane. And, and the level to manage that is so much higher, but at the end of it, the only thing that matters is your customer and how they want to buy. And your job is to make it easy for them and to motivate them to want to buy. All right. How do I get my customers to buy, Brian? So I go, <laughs> I know there is, I know, you know, I, I think people want to overcomplicate and also oversimplify. But I mean, there is some sort of simple kind of, I'm sure you've got the magic sauce, bro. <laughs> you, you know, I don't know if it's magic sauce. I think it's, 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 it's a perspective and, and, and there, there are techniques we use. Um, like I, I just had a, a conversation with a business owner. Um, he's got like 600 franchisees around the country. And uh, he's in the middle of India right now, riding motorcycles up to like different temples and stuff. And so uh, it was last Friday night. We're having a conversation about his business. And, you know, the product he sells is amazing. Like really what it does, it's amazing. Like if everybody knew what he knew about his product and the problems they have, mm -hmm. they buy. Right. The problem is they're not because, and, and it's a roofing product, right? The only time we ever think about the roofs of our house is when they leak or when tiles come flying off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And he's got a product that can help the industry so much. The problem is he's got to explain it to people who really don't think about their roofs at all. Yeah. Ever, unless it leaks or they see tiles flying off, that he's got a product that can make it last longer and prevent anything from happening if something, you know, if, the, if any leak will happen, right? Like mm -hmm. he can rejuvenate the roof and make it last longer. Okay. And you need it. Because the quality of tile today, the thickness of it is a fraction of what it used to be. Wow. Okay? So the problem is, you don't know that. I don't know that. I know, you, you know, you have a couple of homes. You, you never worry about the roof unless someone tells you there's a problem with the roof. Yeah. But what if you knew that they can come out there with a drone, they can see the age of the roof, they can see that it's starting to, to, to start losing some of its flexibility, almost like dry skin, it starts cracking and stuff like that. And they can put on a new moisturizer and give mm. it another five years. And they can do that multiple times and extend the life of your roof 15 plus years. 
Mm. So I told him, I said, okay, it's great, but most people just don't care. Okay, they don't think about it. They never thought about it. You spend all, all your day, even on your vacation, you're still thinking about roofs. I said, you've got to get it to the point where a fifth grader cares and understands. See, that's what I'm about to say. I mean, I'm just listening to you. I get it. But how do you simplify that? Like you said, in, in, the, in, the, in, a, in, a, in a thumb scroll, yep. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that's yeah. so that's what we're in the process of doing, right? We're working yeah. on, on, on helping them refine the messaging and the creative and what some of the concerns are. Look, you know, you know, it always comes down to hero's journey. Like, who's the enemy? Well, you know, you know who sucks in this industry? Roofers, Roofers. for one. Right. Okay. Excuse me to all my roofer clients. <laughs> I apologize now. Okay. But the fact of the matter is, it's kind of like, you know, if you have, if, 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 uh, if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? It's, it's the same thing. You roofers are one business. They're right. in the business of replacing roofs. Replace the roof. You need to replace the roof. Yep. Rip it up, throw it down. That's the, that's the only thing they think about. And then the other uh, uh, villain in the industry is the insurance companies. Because yes. a lot of people think that, oh, well, you know, if, yeah, if there's a problem with my roof, the insurance company is going to cover it. Right. But it's not going to cover any of the valuable things that can't be replaced. They're going to take a look at your roof and say, oh, well, it's 15 years old on a 30-year roof. That means it's 50% depreciated. Mm -hmm. Oh, and oh, did you take care of it? And did you clean up the gut? And they're going to find every excuse not to pay you. So we've mm -hmm. got two villains. Okay, well, we can work with that, right? Because we can, we can start getting attention about, hey, these guys suck and they want to suck your money out. Okay, you've got to worry about protecting your own home. And so we're working on that messaging right now with them. Cool. But but that's it. It's, it's trying to help people understand what's going to trigger their customers to be interested in, and, and want to buy. Because I think the biggest lesson from marketing over the last five years is how we went from a like a content mode about, you know, just attention, right? Google was, hey, I'm interested in this now. Let me look at it. So that's based on an attention graph to a social graph. Like, you know, hey, I'm going to get recommend recommendations from you. And I see things and I get new products. Like, hey, man, you know, remind me later. I'll, I'm going to have to tell you a little bit about the uh, the Vitag. Okay. <laughs> kind of cool. Yeah, I got to see that. Okay. Okay. Um, to what TikTok is, is an interest graph, right? It's one step further. And so... You've got to understand attention and interest if you're going to succeed in TikTok. And it's, it's a whole new world, man. And now we've got AI trying to, to, to take our place. Good luck. Mm. How, do you, how, do you, how do you stay up on, I mean, yeah, how do you stay up on the new technologies? I mean, I'm not going to say you're an older dude, but, you know, you're kind of my age. I'm, so. I'm getting there. Yeah, right. So, I mean, how, you know, what, what keeps you interested? Why are you, you know, aware of all of these new technologies and how do well, you stay fresh? You know, it's, it's, it's how you stay fresh in anything. It's the curiosity, right? It's, it's right. always wanting to learn. It's surrounding yourself with people who are smarter than you, as, as you well know, right? Yep. Uh, people who are going to lift you up. Um, and then, of course, watching my kids, you know, my, my you know, I, I've got a daughter who's, who's 21 getting ready to, to, to head out into the world in her first career. She'll be moving out, you know, at the end of the summer um, to another city, you know, watching her buy her first car. Right. That was interesting to see how she did it compared to how most other people would do it. Right. I, I remember writing about, you know, my purchasing of a brand new car in Wayne Peak at the bar. 
And from that time and how the internet played a role to this, completely transformational. Some dealers that we went to, not so transformational. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's sometimes you got to get people in these other industries or these older uh, industries, like you say, the car business to, to like, you guys need to reamp everything because the way we get the information, we're not jumping in the car, going to your car place, looking around the lot. You know, we're doing a lot of that before we ever well, leave that. You know, house. it's interesting. Two weeks ago, um, I had to take my car for service, right? I've got, I've got a, a, a RAV4, a hybrid. And here I am, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be, uh, what is it, 53 this year. Mm, okay. okay. I've been, I've been to a lot of mechanics in my life. Uh, I still miss my old, my old friend, Alex, who took care of me since I was 17 until I left Brooklyn. I, I will miss him every single day. He's the best mechanic on earth. Okay. But I had the most unique experience talking about, you know, evolving for the customer. So I, you know, I, I get there and, you know, I can schedule the appointment with my service center, you know, through the app, no problem. Got that all taken care of. I get there, I check in, they send me a text, letting me know everything, the service agreement. I can confirm things right through the phone. And while I'm sitting in the waiting room, mind you, they told me it would take about an hour and a half. About 30 minutes later, I'm getting a video from one of the technicians where he showed me how he looked at the air filter, he checked the wipers. Now they're going to go to the oil and, and jump cut. Now they now they're showing the oil change. They, they talk about the tire rotations, and I'm like, man, That's in 50 cool. plus years, I've never seen a video. And then a few minutes later, I get the things. Oh, it's all complete. Now you could just sign sign off and, and leave the lot. I like that. That's that's awesome. That reminds me of the days when they used to come get you while the car was still sitting up in the air, be showing you, here's where, but now they're doing it on video. That's, that's crazy. Love yeah, it. and it's, it's probably one supervisor who goes around to all the different bays and shoots ah. this video in a nap and shares it. It's like, that's brilliant. And you know brilliant. what? I took a little snippet of that video yeah. and I posted it on social media. Yeah. But here's the sad part. I could not find their Instagram account. Oh, oh see? Wow. So I couldn't even tag them on it. Yeah. Okay? And giving them credit for it because the loss. they did give a great experience. And that's really what it's about. Here, here's the number one thing. I'm going to give everybody the, the single biggest tip. And this comes All from right. a tip. This comes from a tip from the new book. Okay. Cool. So I Go don't care book. whether you're a new Go entrepreneur or seasoned entrepreneur. Here, here it is. We're going to talk about that. Go for okay. it. The rice and beans millionaire. <laughs> Excuse me. But there's a chapter in there about budgeting for word of mouth. And I think the biggest mistake that most businesses do is they end up struggling to have margin to, to be able to create great experiences. Mm. Mm. It takes people, it takes tools, it takes processes to create great experiences. If you're trying to be the lowest cost provider, you don't have that margin. It's why Walmart, oh, the only stories you ever hear about Walmart are people are getting bad. Held, held up and, you know, trying right. to leave the place, right? Yeah. Or, or the, the crazy people walking through Walmart because they don't have budget. They have plenty of cash, but they don't have budget in the way they think about things to create great word of mouth. Man, that I've, I've, I want to go even 
because that's a subset of what you said. The great word of mouth is a subset of a great experience. Correct. I really, really like that. We've got budget for marketing. We got budget for the advertising. We got budget for all these things. You're saying have a budget for a great experience. Yeah, you know, in your profit. In 2005, when we published Call to Action, okay, mm. and I, re I remember a couple of retailers telling me about the story. There is a little sidebar in there where I talked about just the value of having either your own custom boxes or your own custom packing tape. Really? Okay. Really? And I can't tell you how many people told me that, you know, people would share pictures of their boxes because they knew it was coming because they saw it from the tape. Mm. And it's little things. The problem is it's always the little things that make the biggest difference in experience. There's no such thing as neutral in a customer experience. It's yeah. either a positive or a negative. And I'm if you just something. think it's neutral, <laughs> then uh, good luck with that. I just put this, you know, that that's, that. you know what? That is, man, okay, any rate. But you're shoring up the little things and the packaging and those. So I went to the conference. I told you I was at the uh, TSP game plan conference, man. And it was just, you know, another level but it was the little things right so you get to the hotel you you get your room they have branded cards and a branded holder so when you get your cards you know it's those little things that really change the way you're like oh this is going to be good even when you're checking in at the hotel good well, stuff or even when you get this like the swag bag from conference yeah right yeah you, you get there you have a full suitcase. You're not going to take most most things back, but the, but the person who throws something in there that's like, how am I going to fit this in my suitcase? Because this is definitely coming back with me. That brand you'll never forget. Yes, that is so true. And all the rest of them wind up in the hotel trash. Yeah, they sure do. They man, that is too funny. That's too funny. All right, show me your card since we we're talking. What was that you were showing us? So this is the, this is the Vitag. Um, you, you, may, you may remember Sean Jackson from um, a copy, old copy blogger by Brian Clark's partner. Yes, yes, yes. So he started this new business called the Vitag. And what this is, is so on, on the back, you can you can get a little QR code, okay. but it's an NFC chip. And so it's it's designed as, you know, the, the um, uh, you know, to look like my, my last book, The Rising Beans Millionaire, right? Tell from Improbable Entrepreneur. But what's cool about it is there's a whole landing page behind this. But what I've done and you'll see it soon, mm -hmm. is I got together with my friend Brian Brushwood, who I mentioned in the book, who, by the way, this weekend came out with a new series on Disney Plus called Hacking the System. Really? Okay. You are going to like this show. Okay. 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 Yeah, yeah. He is, a, he is a, besides a television host, he is a, uh, you know, professionally trained musician, um, uh, magician. He's got two um, uh, YouTube channels with one over 2 million subscribers, one over a million and a half subscribers called Scam Nation and Modern Rogue. Um, just a brilliant, brilliant guy. Great storyteller. All this is coming out with a new book as well. And we sat together at the Wizard Academy in Austin and he showed me a magic trick that you can use any kind of paperback book with. Okay. Now, here's the thing. I will put the video out of the magic trick. Yes. If you want to learn how the magic trick is actually done, then you got to find me and tap 
the Vitag, and that will take you the link that explains to him how he did it, and you could do it as well. Hmm. Very intriguing. Got got to make you work for it a little bit, right? But if, <laughs> yeah. If you want that gift of understanding how the trick was done, how you can do a really easy trick anywhere. Right. By right. the way, a lot of his a lot of his uh, magic on uh, one of his channels is all about how to get free bar drinks. So it's great for conferences. So I recommend watch a video or two beforehand. <laughs> That's a good one. We all need um, from free bar drinks. So you can, so your um, book, so he's turned your book into a V card. And Correct. of course it's got a QR code that, what, what do I get with the QR code? So once you get on there, you get the secret of this magic trick. So that's that QR code gets you to the magic trick. Correct. And and of course, there'll be a link there to the book if you want to buy So when book. is this going to be ready? Oh, it's ready. I just haven't uploaded the final video yet. Oh, okay. So the page, so we can't show the QR code right now. I can't, I can't show well actually they, they you know can. What? They'll see they'll they can they can by the time it comes out, boom, get that there guy. There you go. Well, I'll boom. have to get it ready. All right. Well, by the time it comes out, it should be up and running because that way they can get um uh something from the book right correct they'll, get, they'll the get, book. get this magic trick and they'll get to understand the how this is all done correct all right let's talk let's talk about the rice and beans millionaire so this is a book i decided to write firstly for my kids right um you know you've been an entrepreneur for a lot of years I, you know i've been an entrepreneur for again more than half my life and I realized that my kids really weren't around when the early days of being an entrepreneur, what, what prompted me to go from social work school to wanting to be an entrepreneur. And, you know, here, my daughter is about to go start her first full-time job, you know, uh, come June. And I wanted to be sure that they could go back and reference all the lessons I've learned from not only myself, but from other entrepreneurs like, your, like yourself and others on what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur. And I started going around and asking my friends, you know, I, I asked you as well, can you name a book that gives people the first principles or the fundamentals mm -hmm. of being a great entrepreneur? Because if, you know, if I told you, hey, you want to be a great basketball player, right? We all know, well, you got to be good at dribbling. You, you know, you got to be good at passing. You got to, you know, have court awareness. You, you know, you got to be great at your shot. There's some very simple things that we all know that you got to be good at, right? If you want to be the next Steph Curry. We do this in soccer. We do this in magic. If we do this in cooking, right? Think right. about it. Um, Gordon Ramsay, right? Kitchen Nightmares. He goes ahead. He, he visits a, a, a restaurant. It's having problems. What's the problems? It all comes down to the same fundamentals. They don't clean. Mm -hmm. They pick bad ingredients. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Um, Food's too complicated. The, the menu's too complicated. Yeah. They haven't changed items. They're fundamentals. So let me ask you, what book out there is there yeah. that teaches any aspiring entrepreneur these first principles of being an entrepreneur? And people would name the E-Myth, which is a great book, but I think that's a little bit more advanced, mm -hmm. right? Interesting, mm -hmm. as, as far as the journey of an entrepreneur. This is... I don't care if you're a day one entrepreneur or you've been an entrepreneur for 25 years. What happens is 
just like that great restaurant, it might have been great day one because intuitively you knew how to take care of your customers and how to serve them properly and how to how to cook great food. But then over time, you started neglecting those fundamentals. And you started getting blind spots in your business. And this is a great book to look at it. And I purposely did from tech businesses to people who pick up junk for a living, okay, because they're all entrepreneurs, to, to young kids making money on Roblox. What are the key fundamentals that they all need in order to be successful entrepreneurs? So you've got some very relatable characters, some great insights, and a good foundation for people to be successful entrepreneurs. And Correct. No and, matter and, and, what age, really. Yeah, and and you know I've had an entrepreneur as young as ten read the book already and get and get a lot out of it, and yeah. I've had entrepreneurs who've had you know a hundred million dollar exits read it and then say, "Hey, I can't wait to share this with my kid." Hmm. Okay. So, you know, I think there's there's all kinds of opportunities there. Like I mentioned, even the budgeting of word of mouth, right? A lot of people don't even ever think about that from, from a perspective of how to drive more business. But today, it's fundamental to understand that and, and to incorporate it. And, and I give a very practical story. There's a lot of real characters in the book um, that, that, you know, that you might recognize people like Peter Shankman is, is in the book that I, that I mentioned him, Amanda Russell. Um, uh, my friend Joe Ferraro, Brian Brushwood's in the book, um, um, Daniel Whittington and, and um, uh, Rex Williams from the Wizard Academy. And we talked we talk a little bit about the Whiskey Vault and how they built a whole tribe around this. So, I mean, it's diverse and very real. Like, it, even though it reads like fiction, you know it's, that it's grounded in reality. Yeah, yeah, that is fantastic. All right, hold up the book. One more time for him. Well, and one more very important thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's very important. It is. Easy that's a chapter, read. man. That, that, like, that's it. Like, yeah. that's the whole chapter. There is Easy not a chapter that should take you more than four minutes to read. Most chapters will take somewhere around two. Okay. All right. Brian, hey, what, what was your background? Where did you, where did you, where did, when you were working, did you work in some firms or something or? So, yes. <laughs> so my my first job was actually working at a video store that was right across the street from me. Uh -huh. That was that was my first regular job. Um, I had always done entrepreneurial things. I you know I always tried to do like photography, and I've I've shot like for catalogs and stuff like that. Um, I have worked for companies like IDT in the past, and I helped them set up a, a network marketing company within within them. Uh, that's a whole other story that we can't talk about on camera, but anyway, um, uh, I, I started with, uh, selling the first, um, uh, IP, um, uh, phone computer to, 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 uh, to phone, um, uh, and embedding it on websites in the very, very early days of the web. Um, and that, you know, that helped after we started our first business, went bankrupt, Daddy paying for groceries. We needed to refund ourselves. Went to work, sold a bunch. I left early. Brother kept working, and uh, shortly after that, we started our agency. And yeah, we haven't done that in a long time now. So yeah, that, that's kind of a quick rundown. Yeah, well, I mean, so I mean, I mean, you write so you tell stories, you know, so well in your writing. 
I, I, I thought you were going to have this big writing background. So you didn't, you just, the first hated, time you went, really? I hated reading and I hated writing. In fact, I, I, I told the story recently. I, when I was a social worker, right, I, I had a job working uh, independent living in, uh, in Starrett City, New York, if you, mm. you kind of know where that is. Uh, and we used to go from Starrett City to Bed-Stuy. First time I ever heard gunshots as I was pulling up, getting out of the car. <laughs> wow. Okay. Anyway, I had a boss, um, Fred, who always used to ask me, said, hey, when are you going to write your book? And I used to look at him like, Fred, what have you been drinking lately? Because he, he, he was a former, you know, recovering alcoholic. Mm-hmm. He had become homeless, lived on the Bowery, wow. um, was a former priest, and then got into social work. And I'm like, I had no clue what he ever meant. And I look back now and I'm like, you know, we all got great stories in our lives. And I think, you know, no matter how hard your life has been, how easy your life has been, you've got stories to tell, man, stories that 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 are powerful, that can impact other people. And so I I think if we go back even to, to ancient man, one of the most common things is the person who had the most power was the person mm-hmm. who stood by the fa- fire and told stories. Yeah. And I think it's it's all of our jobs to be able to tell our stories. And 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 look, you know, we know just looking at what's going around us, you know, politically, you know, culturally, um, the last our last generation didn't do a great job telling stories, and it, it's incumbent on us to be able to share our stories. And for me, it was one of the reasons why it was important to make sure that there's a lot of representation in the book, right? Um, uh, Ricky, the, the actual rice and beans millionaire, was you know a Latin American young kid who who was the real character that my dad met in the 1980s, who was bringing in close to fifty thousand dollars a week in cash to the bank. Hmm. Dang, you know. And I, I think if we don't take the time, and my, my brother and I used to tell this story between us all the time. Like we used to joke, we need a rice and beans business. We 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 can't think like like he did. He was he was right. brilliant. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How we many books have stories. you written? How many books? This is now my uh, eighth book. Wow. See, there you go. Including you one go. about baseball, but that's a whole different category. <laughs> so, but still, it's a book. It's a book. Know? And you're telling stories, man. Brian, I mean, this has been absolutely eye-opening. Fantastic stuff. I got to ask you my last question that I always ask at the end of these interviews. And it is, what question did I not ask you that I should have asked you? Man, you know, we know each other a, a long time. Uh, I think you asked a lot of really good questions. Um, maybe what's coming next? <laughs> okay. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with, you know, chat. you play with chat GPT and all that. I've been been playing, I've been playing a lot. Wait, wait, stop, stop, stop. Here's the thing. All right. You remember, this is how we met. We met going to IBM events where they were teaching us about AI, right? Correct. That was their big thing was the Watson, the blah, blah, blah. Right. How many years ago was that? Seven, eight years, probably. Exactly. Right. And it's like, all of a sudden, you know, as of yesterday, everybody's like oh AI, like it's a new thing right and so this is kind of weird to be able to talk to somebody that was actually on these tours with me 
you know, at the same time. But anyway, go ahead. What's your what's your take right now? Well, I think, you know, you hit it on the head, right? Which is exactly that. Everybody thinks technology is going to like come so fast and change the world. It doesn't. Mm. Just like overnight successes. ChatGPT is an overnight success. It's got millions of users. It still sucks. It's average at best. It will get better. No, I'm, yeah. I'm not saying it's wow. not. Okay. <laughs> mm, this is okay. good. But right now, if yes, it will produce quick content for you. It's not amazing content. It's not remarkable content. It's not content that's going to get you a lot of attention. It's filler content. Mm -hmm. Does it have yeah. a place? Sure. Absolutely. It'll probably raise the bar of the worst content. Mm. But if you still want to be remarkable and stand out above the crowd, AI is not there yet. It's not going to be able to tell stories like we do here. You know, it's not going to be able to tell stories like we did with, with Be Like Amazon, right? It'll tell you some facts about Amazon and stuff like that. Nice. But the story of Puba and Sunshine in this book is not going to be the same. Like it just can't pull that together yet. It's going to take another probably 10 years until it gets to that level of creativity. Mm. Awesome. So enjoy it, but realize what it is and know that, yeah, it's going to play a role in the future. Yeah. And the question is, what's not going to change in the next 10 years that you can mm. still focus on and capitalize on, right? That's how Jeff Bezos has made his fortune by saying, hey, customers are always going to want things at a good price, ship to them very quickly with a lot of selection and have a great customer experience. Never going to change. Never going to change. Love it. Brian, if people want to follow you, find your stuff, where should they go? See, I would say they could chat GPT me, but even that description isn't that great, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, actually, you know, I have not checked. <laughs> To see if ChatGPT would list all your social media places. That's going to be my next won't. prompt. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try won't. to. They, well, <laughs> I know if they put in social media accounts for John Lawson, there's no chance it's going to find it. No, no chance. Okay. No chance. It so, doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't really have a connector to the web, so it no, can't tell. It can't tell you who won the game last night. Yeah. Not. Not. Not yet. It, you know, yeah, eventually yeah. will. But yeah, right. for, but for me, you can you could Google me. You can find me everywhere. I'm on every social media. You know, BrianEisenberg.com, BuyerLegends.com, Amazon. I'm I'm not hard to find. Awesome, Brian. This is <laughs> anyway. Like, it's funny. I have this up. I said, "Who won the game last night?" I'm sorry, I don't have access to current sporting events. <laughs> well, at least they, at least they came up with a good a good answer. Yeah, right? that is a good answer, right? I don't know is a good answer for a lot of things. Man, it's been awesome talking with you. You hang out for a second, but all of you folks, you're out of here for now. So I gotta say, peace. Thanks for joining. Thanks for tuning in to the Smartest Podcast. I hope you found that conversation helpful and inspiring. So be sure to subscribe and do not miss any future episodes. Until next time, enjoy your journey of success.
Thanks for listening.